Hello, I'm Peter King, and welcome to the MMQB Podcast with Peter King, where I take you inside the minds of the biggest influencers in the NFL. Today, live from Foxborough, from the sideline of Gillette Stadium, an opening game to the 2017 that had it all, except predictability. How else do you explain the Patriots allowing more points than they've allowed in a game since 1993 in such an emotional home opener? How do you explain them getting outplayed as badly as they did? In one of the biggest bombs away games of Alex Smith's star-crossed career, the Chiefs unveiled a new star, Kareem Hunt, who scored three touchdowns and put up over 200 yards of total offense. It was an incredible tour de force for the staid Chiefs. And I'll have all the details on this special MMQB podcast with Peter King. The first ever game story podcast in MMQB history. And the final, from Foxborough, Kansas City 42, New England 27. This is the MMQB podcast. Let me set up this special edition of the MMQB podcast with Peter King. You'll hear from the breakout star of the Chiefs, Kareem Hunt, the Toledo Rocket, who had one of the best opening games for a rookie in NFL history. 246 rushing receiving yards and three touchdowns. You'll also hear from Andy Reid, the 10th winningest coach in NFL history, who hasn't had many bigger wins than trouncing the Super Bowl champs on their home turf. And obviously, the Patriots rarely lose here. But a few words first about the day. It was downright weird. And pretty eventful, too. The evening started with a crowd bloodthirsty to rail on Commissioner Roger Goodell, making his first on-field appearance in Foxborough since his four-game deflate-gate suspension of quarterback Tom Brady. I was on the field before the game, and this crowd was ravenous for Goodell. Where is Roger? 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 And that's the story from the field. Before the game, it's a little bit mayhemish down here. One hour before the game, Roger Goodell showed up. Here he came on the field. And that is what it sounds like when the commissioner of the National Football League comes on the field to a place where he is more than mildly disliked. Goodell is standing in the Kansas City end zone with Chiefs owner Clark Hunt, providing him a little cover, although most of the fans here wouldn't know Clark Hunt. But a little bit more from the crowd now. 
in the end zone on the sidelines. You've got the towels that have been given out by Barstool Sports with Roger Goodell with a clown nose on him in a blue towel to distinguish it from all the clothes and all the red and the white in the crowd tonight. And you've got a lot of Roger Goodell t-shirts and a lot of things being said about Roger Goodell. That's it from the field. We'll have a little more at halftime. Really, no one saw what was coming. No one, maybe, except the Chiefs. I was in their locker room for 35 minutes post-game, and I didn't see anyone doing much crowing. I didn't hear anybody doing much crowing either. No one seemed too surprised. More about that in a few minutes from the Chiefs' locker room. But this game turned in the game's sixth minute. The Patriots easily drove the length of the field on their first series of the year to take a 7-0 lead. Then they recovered a Kareem Hunt fumble and scored again, seemingly on a Rob Gronkowski diving catch in the end zone. The route was on, or so it seemed, 14-0 Patriots. But referee Bill Vinovich reviewed the Gronkowski touchdown and nullified it saying the ball hit the ground when Gronk was in the process of making the catch. And so the Chiefs stopped New England on fourth and one soon after, and from that point on, the combined score in this game was Kansas City 42, New England 20. Still at halftime, you still thought the Patriots had a good shot. They were nursing a 17-14 lead, and even though Kansas City was getting the ball at the start of the third quarter, all things still seem possible when I spoke with veteran NFL scribe Ron Borges at halftime. So it's halftime. New England 17, Kansas City 14. Feels like it could be New England 24, Kansas City 6 or something like that. I'm with Ron Borges of the Boston Herald, longtime Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. So, Ron, give me your thought on how Kansas City made this so close in the first half. Well, I, uh, I I thought they were pretty shaky at first, and they needed to, you know, they really looked to me like they needed to settle down, you know, and, and it took a little while, uh, and then when they did, I, I think that defensively they began to play just a little bit better, not a lot. They were still moving the ball, but they they were giving up yardage, but. Uh, Oh, those first two drives, it looked like they were going to score every time they had the ball. So they settled that down, and then I thought Smith did a good job of starting to hit them underneath on their defense and, and get a little patient and move the ball down. And he ran a couple of times, which he's reluctant to do ever since that concussion, and I think that w was also important because he needs to do that probably a little bit more. Alex Smith, 16-19 in the first half, which – I think all of America is saying, when do you put Mahomes in the game? <laughs> and you see Alex Smith go 16-19 in the first half under some pretty heavy pressure, too. You're right. I mean, he's a very efficient player. You know, I think he's, uh, he's not a you know, great quarterback, uh, but he's very efficient and better than people think. I think they want to see something more than he is. But what he does best is understand who he is and how he best moves his team. And, and he was, did it very effectively. And he's very accurate. Uh, he was getting the ball out of there fast when he had to, and as you pointed out, was under some pressure. And, and other than that one stumbling sack, uh, I thought was pretty calm. 
even though Mike Gillisley is not LeGarrette Blunt in terms of his physical dimension, right. there's no question now after one half of football, the New England Patriots intend to use Mike Gillisley as the 2017 LeGarrette Blunt. Right. He's not the blunt force trauma as LeGarrette Blunt, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but he's trying and he hits it up in there pretty good. I think we, we, New England's been spoiled, we, you know, especially last year with, with Blunt, a guy who... Uh, everyone remembers that run where he just pile-drived about five guys into the end zone. And so anybody coming after him, good luck. But you're right. They're going to use him that way, and that's his job. I think New England's probably, and I mean the six-state region of New England, <laughs> not the football team. New England's a little bit nervous right now. Kansas City gets the ball to start the second half, and Kansas City's really hung in with them and played well in the second half. Yeah, no, I agree. Second quarter, yeah. I, I, I agree, Peter, and I, I think I, I was amused by that during the week. This is a team that went 12-4 and four and really uh, was one call from, from uh, you know, moving on in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that's a pretty solid team. That's a well-coached team with a, with a very – sound quarterback and that, to me these days in the NFL that's the most important thing is your quarterback sound which half of them are not uh, so I'm not actually surprised it's a close game uh, I think that you know missing the one corner uh, on defense has hurt them you know you can see that Brady's been uh, hurting him you know against uh, his replacement several times uh, and I don't know in the end if that's going to be what gets him but uh, but I think it's gonna be a close game the whole way Ron Borges thanks a lot thank you Peter you're listening to the MMQB Podcast. But the Chiefs steamrolled the Patriots after halftime. An invaluable New England linebacker, Dante Hightower, was left with a knee injury that could be a brutal blow for these Super Bowl champs. I don't know the outcome of his MRI yet, but if it's a severe injury, this is a really, really tough one to overcome for a New England team that just doesn't have enough depth on defense. Anyway, when the game was over, the New England defense had allowed 537 yards. Alex Smith outrating Tom Brady, 148-70. to 70. And Kareem Hunt, with his 148 rushing yards and 98 receiving yards, was the envy of fantasy football players nationwide. His 78-yard catch and run early in the fourth quarter put the Chiefs up for good, 28-27. And in the scouting process... When I look back at how people viewed Kareem Hunt, they didn't see him as a 78-yard catch-and-run guy. They saw him as a durable back with decent outside speed, but emphasis on the durable. That's where he was going to make his NFL money. But on this touchdown, he showed better than pretty good speed. This guy's going to be a huge force in this league for quite a while. When I spoke with Hunt after the game... I started with this amazing factoid. In his four years at Toledo, he never lost a fumble. But on his first carry as a chief, he fumbled. With Kareem Hunt in the victorious Kansas City locker room, Kareem, the one thing that was so interesting that I think people who watched you in this game, they never knew that you had that sort of deep speed to beat people in the passing game. So what do you think you showed America in this game? You know, I showed, <laughs> I showed America that, you know, I love football and uh, I honestly can overcome some adversity and keep playing the game. And honestly, I got, I got breakaway speed too. Uh, I've always, you know, believed in that. I made big long runs in, you know, college and in high school. And 
I'm able to you know, make plays in the passing game. That's one thing I want to do. I want to be able to be an all-around running back, catching the football and running it. How shocked are you that you were able to put up 246 yards against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in Foxborough in your first game in the NFL? Honestly, I am shocked, but uh, I'm not that shocked because I prepared all my life for this moment, honestly. And I just knew I had to take advantage of it. You know, I was on the stage I want to be. I worked 15 years for this, you know, and honestly, I had to show up and uh, just make big plays at, you know, big times to help get a win. When you fumbled on your first carry as an NFL player, you had never lost a fumble in your four years at Toledo. You're walking off the field after that fumble. Tell me the thoughts that are going through your mind at that moment. Pretty much like I got to get it back. I got to make up for it. You know, I got to I just got to forget about it. Honestly, I really didn't know how how to feel about that moment in time. And uh, I really, you know, it stuck with me for a second. And then all, all the guys helped me, you know, overcome it. Like we got your back. The defense like don't worry about it. We sticking with you, man. Don't just forget about it. You're going to make up for it. And uh, honestly, I had to forget about it. I came back and did exactly what they, they said. America wants to know who Kareem Hunt is. You know, Kareem Hunt, a guy who will never give up, you know, no matter the, the ups and the downs, you know. Honestly, I learned a lot from this game. And uh, Kareem Hunt's a guy who's going, you know, give it his all each and every game. And uh, I think America sometimes need to watch out for him. <laughs> Kareem, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. It's the MMQB Podcast. I'm James Andrew Miller, and I want to introduce you to a new podcast called Origins as we relive indelible turning points that went down in cultural history and changed it arguably forever. We'll open Origins with a five-episode cycle digging deep into Curb Your Enthusiasm. We'll hear from more than a dozen key players who retrace how Curb evolved from mere smash hit to a turning point in television. You can find the Origins chapter on Curb Your Enthusiasm when you search and subscribe to Origins with James Andrew Miller wherever you listen to podcasts. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, and there's only about 43 million people in the United States who do, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one week and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Draft starts every couple minutes so you can join a league right now. And the best part? You play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. You play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com. That's one word, PlayDraft.com, whenever you want. For a limited time only, All new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code, KING. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using my promo code, KING, on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com 
and come play free with the promo code KING. Hunt wore a wide smile post-game, but neither he nor his mates made any great pronouncements. They said things like, it's one of 16 and we've got a lot of work to do. Sure they do. They follow their coach. Reed's in his 19th season as a coach, and he often sets NFL records for blandness. And on this night, he said only one controversial thing. He told me, as you'll hear in our conversation, that he was actually thinking about talking to me in the fourth quarter of this game. And so I immediately thought, shouldn't you be thinking about kind of outpointing Bill Belichick on his home field? Anyway, some interesting stuff from Andy Reid coming up in our conversation. We sat together in his coach's office as he relished one of the most rewarding victories in his coaching career. With Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid after probably a game that surprises most of America. But Andy, I was just out in your locker room and your players don't seem surprised. Why? Well, I think they've build a foundation here over the last few years and we've got those core players still here and they they come into games expecting to win the game and um and that's kind of it's a comforting feeling for the coaches you know there's not gonna be a ton of panic no matter where you go they're gonna come out they're gonna give you their best effort um normally that's gonna be good enough and uh and they understand um how to be themselves you know you, you preach as a coach just be yourself. Work within the framework of you. Don't try to be anything else. And, and they, this group understands that. Andy, I think you're uh, – somebody's at the door. Come on in. Okay. That was Rick Burkholder, the trainer. <laughs> um, so, Andy, as you sit here now less than a half hour after this game, you've had a lot of big wins in your career. You just went on the road – to beat a team that is as prohibitive a favorite to win the Super Bowl as any team I remember entering a season in the NFL. And you guys handed it to them. So what does this say about your team? Well, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of our guys. It's one, one of 16 games. You know, that, that <clears throat> sometimes these first games get a little over, overrated, whether you win or lose. It's important that we build on it. We've got a ton of things that we can improve on. And so that's what we'll concentrate on. So it doesn't matter what you do here down the road um, if you go blow the rest of the season, right? You look back, you go, oh, yeah, they won that game. But nah. now Bill, Bill on the other side, a Hall of Fame coach, I have a ton of respect for, a good friend. He'll use this as a rallying cry for his team. And they'll bounce back. He's got, he's got great coaches, and, and he's got a good football team. And so – um, and then our guys, they'll, they'll do the same thing on the on a positive side. They're, they'll say, hey, listen, we can build on this. Uh, we got a ton of things to improve on, and uh, let's go work on those. Didn't you feel like this was a good time for you to play the Patriots if you're going to have to play them at all? They're a team in flux. They've had to make some adjustments because of injuries and because of free agency and new guys on their team. Didn't you think that playing them now with the added advantage of getting the mini buy after this game was a good thing for your team? Well, yeah, I listen, I, I, I tell you this, and you've known me a long time. I don't really care who we play, when we play. I mean, I, I honestly don't care about that. Uh, um, uh, I played, had an opportunity to play this team early, late, and so on, and I really hadn't gone there mentally. I didn't care who we played the first game. Let's just go 
do our thing, concentrate on us and and what we're uh, you know what we're going to be. Let's, let's focus on that. And every team's different, and so let's start building our foundation for what we're going to be this season. So I, I I don't mean to sound like I'm slighting this game or this team at all, uh, but you can't. I I don't get into that part. I really don't. I don't care. I you know. I'm a hard hit. That, that's probably the offensive lineman to be coming out, but that, I don't care about that. <clears throat> um, Andy, I want to ask you about two of your players tonight who I think showed America some things that America just didn't know. One has been around forever, Alex Smith, and one played his first NFL game tonight, Kareem Hunt. So Alex Smith, we've never known him to be a bombs-away guy. We've never known him to be Dan Fouts. And yet tonight, he threw two long balls right on target to two talented guys, particularly the Tyreek Hill throw, the 75-yard touchdown catch, I think it was. Talk about, if you can, what you have seen in Alex Smith this offseason when most people around the league are looking at this and saying, oh, they're taking, they, they took a quarterback, they're phasing Alex Smith out. Yeah, I mean, there have been some... some- Great evaluators say that his arm's fading, um, I, and uh, that happens. He, he's not blessed with the strongest arm in the National Football League anyways, right? That, that's not his thing. And then they add the age to it, and they say, well, listen, he's declining. I've, I've, I've seen all that, heard all that. Um, this guy, nobody works harder. Nobody's more of a pro. So he works that long game like crazy. He's got somebody that he, he feels very comfortable with throwing it to and Tyreek. And they've worked it and worked it and worked it, along with the other guys. And when, once one does it, they all want a piece of that. So Chris Conley, you see him screeching downfield. Albert Wilson screeching downfield. So, you know, and these are all young, young guys that, he, that he's working with right now. And, and, but they, they all have bought in. They all love him and trust him. And, and uh, he takes them during special teams over there, and he just grinds them. Every minute he gets away from – uh, the team periods, he's grinding these guys on, on different routes, one of which is, is the deep ball. And so I take it this didn't particularly surprise you, him throwing a ball right on target 48 yards in the air to a streaking Tyreek Hill. I see it every day, right? I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm one of the guys that has an opportunity to see it. I know how much pride he's taken in that. When he first came here, he didn't have a lot of opportunities to throw the ball down the field. That just wasn't part of the offense. They, they won a ton of games, but that wasn't part of it. And to be honest with you, his, his outside the number throws weren't, weren't as consistent as they needed to be when, when we were asking him to do it. So what does he do? He goes right back to the grinder, and he just says, I'm going to work and work and work and work. And that's, that's his mentality. Do you things. think you taking <clears> – <throat> a quarterback in the first round in trading an extra number one draft choice to take Patrick Mahomes. Did that, was that a sort of a spur in his saddle this off season? It might've been, but I've seen him do it over the last few years and just keep getting better at it. But, but I'm sure that didn't hurt. And that kid loves to throw the ball down the field too. And those guys, those three quarterbacks, all they do is compete. I was watching. Compete. I was watching Mahomes down on the field before the game against you know him and Alex Smith, and it was a little mini competition oh, they, they had going. Everything they do, and they love each other. But I mean, it's kind of fun. It's like big brother, little brother, and they just go at it every day. They, yeah, but they, big brother doesn't want little brother to take no, his job. That's right. That's right. That's you got that right. Yeah. yeah. It's like this, you know, the Williams sisters. I mean, it's one of those deals. So you don't want you don't want the younger one to show you up. So. Um, but but it's neat. It's great competition. 
every day. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. I sit in the room with them, so I, I hear it all. Uh, it could be mental things. It could be physical things. They, they go after each other, which is fun. You think that this, in essence, has been good for your team to bring Pat Mahomes in? Oh, I think so. Phenomenal kid. Yeah. I hope you have a chance to spend some time with him because he's just uh, – and maybe you did at training camp. But he, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal kid. And uh, the way he's handled everything, he never tries to show up Alex or – uh, or, or Tyler, that's not what he, he, he's done. He comes in, um, he competes like crazy. He's been great that way. And, and uh, he's been great with the players around him and doesn't try to stir anything up. And that happens. You know, you want to say it doesn't have that, that kind of thing can happen. And he's handled it like a pro. Now, he was raised in a locker room. You know, his dad did him right here. Right. So Former he, Major League Baseball that's right. pitcher. That's right. Yeah. So he, he, he understands. He stood next to Alex Rodriguez and, and the boys. So he understands. What do you think he learned from baseball, Pat Mahomes? Well, I, I think the competition part. I, I think that's one thing. Um, I, I definitely know he was throwing some kind of ball when he was very young. <laughs> you know, so he, and uh, he's not afraid to challenge. His dad was a pitcher. And so you're going to last 20 years or whatever it was in the majors. Um, it, you got to be willing to challenge people. And so I'm, I'm sure he, he, he learned that. Kareem Hunt, your third-round draft choice from Toledo, uh, had had 848 carries, I believe, as a college football player, never lost a fumble in four years. His first time he ever touches the ball in an NFL game, he coughs it up. He comes to the sidelines. Did you say anything to him? I did. He was very upset. And, and Eric Bieniemy has challenged him throughout this whole Eric time. Eric Bieniemy, your running back Our coach. Our running back coach, who was an ex-NFL player for nine years or whatever it was. So he understands the position and challenged him. And so they were getting after each other there a little bit. And, and uh, I just went kind of calm the storm down along, along with Jerk Hendrick, so we, who are backup running back. So we just kind of calmed the storm, go sit down, relax, you're getting the ball the next play. So next time we hit the football, you're getting the ball. Get yourself ready to go. Wow. You wanted to make sure that he didn't become a lost sheep right after that first carry. Yeah, he wasn't going to be a lost sheep. He was getting the next carry. Yeah. yeah. Did anything you saw out of him in this game surprise you? Not really. I, uh, Toledo, 246 yards, uh, Toledo, Andy. Toledo played – like almost every Thursday night, it seemed like. And when we're there doing our work, I'm, I'm loving those games. And so I put it on. And the Mid-American I, Conference I'm, Game I'm of lo- the Week I'm, on Thursday. Oh, no, yeah. I love it. I love, normally I have two of them. As the so you saw my Ohio Bobcats a oh, few absolutely. times? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, so, and he seemed to get stronger as the game would go on. And they fed him and fed him and fed him. And I go, so Man. when you entered the draft process, you were thinking about Kareem Hunt. Oh, no, we were thinking about Kareem Hunt. Now, Doris was part of that, too. So, I mean, he, he, he liked him, too. I'm not, like, saying I picked him. That's not it. But Doris. Uh, Doris John picked, Dorsey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he ended up picking him. That's amazing. It really is. Andy, I'm going to finish by asking you this. You have had a long career in the NFL. And you've had a long career as a head coach, almost two full decades. But there can have been many nights or many days that have been as satisfying as walking into the house of the defending champions on Thursday night, the setup game to, uh, to get the Super Bowl champs off to a great head start in their, in their chase for another title. And add to that that Tom Brady's on the other sidelines and wearing the headset opposite you is Bill Belichick, a guy who you admire as much as probably any coach you've ever coached against. 
What does this mean for you personally? Uh, that, that's a that's a tough question um, because I do look at it as one of 16, but I love the competition. I know that's going to be a well-coached football team. We're not going to come in here and play somebody that hasn't covered every, you know, base. And so um, uh, you love that part of it. I love it. As, as old as I am, I cherish that as much now as I ever have. So um, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be a head coach in the National Football League first and an opportunity to have done it this many years and even more so to be able to compete against a future Hall of Fame coach who's a good friend. And uh, and it's like two brothers playing each other. You know, you, you want to beat the snot out of them for about four hours there. And then at the end of it, uh, you're still friends. And, and he'll use this as a motivator for his football team. That's what the great ones do. Andy Reid, congratulations on a great win, and thanks for joining me on the podcast. Hey, listen, I am so proud to be on this. I got to tell you, in the fourth quarter, I'm going, I'm going to be on Peter King's podcast, man. <laughs> I am going to be king for a day right here, and I'm fired up about it. You might be crazy to be thinking about being on the MMQB podcast with Peter King in the fourth quarter of a game when you're playing Bill Belichick. Oh, that's all right. Two redheads, man. We're knocking it out. <laughs> thanks so much, Andy. Best of luck the last 15. Thanks, Peter. This is the MMQB Podcast. QB Podcast. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. There's no juggling emails or calls to your office. You quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash MMQB. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash MMQB. One more time. Try it. It's free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash MMQB. So, where does this all leave the Patriots? I think this is the kind of loss that Bill Belichick will be able to use very, very well with his team. Belichick loves when the deck of cards needs to be thrown in the air and picked up and organized again because he never bought in the offseason that this team was peerless. He never bought all the great things, the 19-0, and the 16-0, and all these incredible things that were being said about his team. He didn't buy it. And because of the injuries they've had, Julian Edelman and now with Dante Hightower, he's going to be able to reinforce that with his team in the coming days. And basically, this team is going to go back to the drawing board. Whenever they've had to do that under Belichick, as long as Tom Brady's been healthy, they always recover by the end of the year, no matter what the injury status is on their team. So I wouldn't really worry too much about the Patriots. I thought coming into this game and coming into this season that this was going to be a much better team on December 7th than it would be on September 7th. They had five integral new 
partners in this offense that they needed to make sure understood everything about working with Tom Brady and everything with the offense. And it's clear that they've got work to do in that regard. And on defense, I really think now that this New England team, in order to survive, to become a 12-win team again, and to get home field in the AFC if they still have a chance to do it, which they do. But if they're going to do that, the New England Patriots are going to have to outscore people. Their defense is just not going to be great this year, in my opinion. I think it'll be okay, and Bill Belichick is never going to field a team with a bad defense. But the sky was falling over Foxborough on Thursday night, and I just simply don't think that it's going to continue to fall because under Bill Belichick, as long as Tom Brady is there, they always seem to find a way to save the day as the season goes on. That's it for this special edition of the MMQB podcast with Peter King. I've enjoyed bringing it to you. I'd love to hear from you. Do you enjoy games being treated as a podcast? I've never, as I said earlier, I've never in my life gone to a football game and not written anything. It just feels very strange. But we really wanted to try this experiment in coverage of an NFL game, and I want to know how you like it what you want to hear more of, and if I go to more games this year, do you want to hear special podcasts from the game? Because this was really a fun one to bring to you. I'll see you next week.